Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hello, Eva. Hello, Charles. Um, we have been preparing for today's show with some really great stuff. You know, uh, today's theme is how to tame your dragon. <laughs> and honestly, between media, news, road rage, um, and everything else, we need a little um, insight on how to tame our dragon because it's been out there too often and by too many people. Right. And we're also going to talk about how to confront somebody else's dragon. Right. Right. Because it's not just what's out there. And a lot of times it's um, dragons fighting in the home, <laughs> which can be very destructive. So, right. And, and it's not okay, right, to lead with your angry dragon. No, it's not okay. And too much of it is happening. I mean, just today I had a couple of examples um, on the road already. And, you know, somebody cut someone off. And honestly, you don't know if that was intentional, not intentional, right? And then the person goes after them. Usually the scenario is the bigger person goes after the the other person. <laughs> you know, way too many big trucks driving with their dragon out. And uh, we need to water that down. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, and I think that that what you just said, that it's typically the bigger person is very stereotypical. I still remember the Greco-Roman wrestling team that wrestled the small guy on the plane to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> and he was small but angry. Yes. <laughs> so. I know about that. I know about that. Um, you know, so um, our good friends, Amy and Emily, the Indigo Girls, have a song and in the song they sing you can agonize until your anger is your heaviest load and that seems to also be what happens we start festering it becomes habit forming and then you know all hope is lost right yeah and i wanted to add something else to that because what happens is is a lot of times anger is an emotion it's an emotion is any other emotion, except it's one that we're not always taught to deal with. We're always taught more about repressing it than we are actually how to deal with anger. Because if you deal with anger appropriately, um, it can really be used as a catalyst for change. And you have, and I have talked about that before, you know, well-placed anger can really make things happen because it's energy. It's um, adrenaline gets released in the body and you're ready to go. You're on guard. So it's, um, it can be used for good, but if it's an angry dragon that's just unleashed and just, you know, shooting flames at everybody and untamed, then that's craziness and it just wreaks um, havoc and creates chaos. But then there's also, there's also, you know, quieter anger that's actually worse than that. There's the sulking and the obsessing and the not speaking with someone and the sarcasm. That's all different forms of anger, too. 
And those two are very toxic. So when you when we say how to tame your dragon, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean an extroverted burst of anger. It could be contained. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's contained, mm-hmm. but it's nasty, right? So when you're dealing with someone or you're the someone that's dealing with someone else, when you turn around and someone asks you what's wrong and you say nothing and you slam the door in their face, that's as angry as if you were screaming in their face. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very nasty thing. And it also shows up as bullying um, and it can show up as just regular rage. You know, you see that a lot in cars because it's not the person. It's the they've got this big vehicle behind them. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's suddenly extra strength behind that. It just seems like, you know, with everything else we discuss when we talk to people, um, it's always caused by something or someone else. Right. And it doesn't only apply to anger, but it's the same M.O., we kind of say, oh, God, the traffic made me angry or uh, my company downsized, which is making me angry. I was watching the news today. God, I got some. It's always something outside of me. Right. And one of the best definitions of anger that I think I have seen is from my own mentor, Martha Beck, and she said, that genuine anger comes from two different places. Either something your essential self needs is absent, so something that you need is absent, or something your essential self can't tolerate is present. So that's two ways. It's Those are the two base ways that anger presents itself. So what are they again? You want me to reset, yeah. say it again? Um, either something your essential self needs is absent or something your essential self can't tolerate is present. Yeah, that's that's a lot for me. I can't tolerate anything. I know. And that really, but you have to get, and we'll talk about this more in the second segment too, but you have to get very specific about what you're so angry about. Because most of the time when you look at anger, the anger is poking at something from the past. So somebody triggered something in you. That's why they call it a trigger, right? You've been hearing a lot about triggers. Well, a trigger is all that is, is that something that's happened in the past that was not dealt with. Hmm. Another scenario comes up now and suddenly you are angry and you may not even know why you're as angry as you are. All you know is that you're super angry and you'll come up with a million different reasons. But typically it's something from your past that you have not dealt with. Because if you had dealt with it, it wouldn't have triggered you so severely. The Mm -hmm. anger wouldn't have been so intense. But it's something that you have not dealt with. You kept it buried and boom, you stepped on the tail of that dragon and that dragon comes out swinging, especially if you haven't tamed it. And so what we say by taming a dragon is that we've actually dealt with that emotion that's keeping that dragon so angry. I know um, I'll share something that um, I learned about anger from my mentor, um, the one and only Eva Lewandowski. <laughs> I was wondering who that was. And the one and only Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> and with in my case, um, we've talked about this in the past. It's almost um, like when I can't have complete control of something, 
the dragon wakes up. Mm -hmm. And I never really looked at it like that, but it's true, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what I have to do is to learn to tame my dragon is at the very least learn to tame that want of control. Right. And understand where that want of control comes from. So that takes some digging. You know, there, there's a reason that you want control and typically wanting control comes from a place of, for whatever reason, not feeling safe. And it's not so much that you don't feel safe right now. It's something that got poked from a long time ago where you were probably little and didn't feel safe around something. So I have to control everything. If I can control everything, then everything and everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. You see that a lot in alcoholic families with the non-alcoholic person or child. They tend to have to control because everything was so out of control. So then they turn around and just have to control everything because this is the only way that I feel safe is if I control everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it can even be deeper than that. Like, um, if, if I'm not contributing, if I'm not out there doing something good for society on a regular basis, if I'm sitting around critiquing and critiquing and critiquing and watching this and laughing at it, and I'm not out, it's almost even like in social media, sometimes you can tell who's working and who's not working, right? Mm. Um, so what happens is if I can control everything, no one will know I'm not contributing, <laughs> you know, so it's even more complicated than that. But usually it's a result of insecurity, failure, you know, um, not feeling good about myself and also not contributing anything good. Well, and and I don't fully agree with what you're saying on that. Yeah, it can be insecurity, but it doesn't necessarily present itself to the outside world as insecurity or even failure. You can look very successful on the outside to everyone around you, but on the inside, you're not feeling that success. For whatever reason, you never fully embraced that success. That's, you know, where they talk about the imposter syndrome, all of that. For whatever reason, you don't feel successful. You somewhere down the road, something got in there and said, you know what, no matter what you do, you're never really going to be a success because if people really knew you and really understood what it is that you did, they're going to say, yeah, that's that's not really successful. He's not really successful. Right, and that makes me angry. <laughs> yes, I know. And then what happens is, is that anger feeds anger. So we're going to pick this up where we left off. We are going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we will be right back. Hey, everyone. Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our topic today is how to tame your dra- dragon. We're talking about anger. Hmm. So, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. What do you mean? 
So we were talking about self-esteem issues and triggers and all of that and how anger presents itself. And, um, you know, one of the things that can happen is, so you're talking to someone, they get angry, it then awakens your dragon. So that's what we were talking about. This is the, the reason actually this whole topic came up is because we were on our daily walk and I felt like you kept poking and poking and poking my dragon and then <laughs> my dragon woke up and my dragon would not go back to sleep. Quit poking me. I said, stop. Okay, so now, and I said that to you and it just came out. I said, now you've awoken my dragon and I'm not sure how I'm going to get that dragon back to sleep right now. Mm. I'm I'm having a hard time getting this dragon back to sleep because this dragon just wants to annihilate you. And that's part of anger, right? There's that peace in anger. It's not pretty, but we actually want to annihilate someone because this, whatever is happening, it started with you at me because you wanted to annihilate something in me. I then turned around and wanted to annihilate something in you. And then we've got in the middle of our quiet community, yeah. a dragon fight. And, you know, it's true. And it goes back to that, uh, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but that Old Testament nonsense of eye for an eye. You know, you mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. As opposed to turn the other cheek. Right. If we're going to get all testamenty. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's the eye for an eye instead of doing the turn the other cheek. But it's hard to turn the other cheek, especially if you've been turning the other cheek. Right. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to first identify, is it me? Like if people are telling you you're really angry all the time, that's something to actually look at. Or if people are afraid to talk to you, that is something to look at. Because so many times, just like you said earlier, you know, I'm not angry. Okay, you kind of sound angry. Yeah, and it's one of those, uh, how do you say it? If you meet someone who is a jerk at nine o'clock, that's one thing. If you meet another jerk at 10 and another one at 11 and another one at noon, maybe you're the jerk. Maybe you're the jerk. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old joke like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. So if all day you're just running into jerks, you might be the one that ran into a jerk. If you ran into a jerk like once in a blue moon, then yeah, you ran into a jerk, right? So you have to really look at that. The other thing is when it comes to anger, There can be two different parties at play here, right? So you've got the person that's angry, and then you've got the other person that can turn around and be the victim. So you want to get really specific around language. And I don't think people think about that that much. But instead of saying, so I want to take a step back. So, yeah, you get very specific around language, but then you also want to be very truthful And this is something that I have with someone in my life. I will get a million reasons as to why I can't do something. No, I can't go here because of X, Y, Z. No, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And finally, I will say, it's got nothing to do with that you can't. It's that you don't want to. And then I will get, yes, I don't want to. And just say that to begin with. Just say that when we are not clear and specific on what we want, that anger can escalate because we're not just like I said earlier, we're not getting our needs met. That's one of the problems with anger. For whatever reason, 
we're not getting our emotional needs met. So become very specific on what it is that you want. Does that make sense, Charles? Yeah, but the challenge is, you know, it has to be authentic because mm-hmm. you're not going to you're not going to sit around self-analyzing that no. all day long to figure out which direction you want to go in today. Right? Well, no, but the other thing is is that when you start using your voice. So that's one of the reasons I coach on stand up and be heard, you know, coaching around helping people kind of step into their voice is because so many of us don't have practice articulating our emotions. We don't have practice, especially if you're someone that's quiet. People have spoken over you. So we don't have enough practice articulating what we want. So it's not around sitting there for the rest of your life analyzing. It's understanding that the way you've been talking in the past has not been clear. And then you can turn around and then become very passive aggressive in your dealing, which is just anger in a quiet form. It's just the seething type of anger because you're not getting your needs met because you're not saying what you want. So instead of saying, I can't or I have to or I don't have time to, you change it to I won't, I choose not to, I don't want to, I've decided not to, or I will, I want to, I've decided to, I choose to. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a subtle shift in language, but it's an empowering shift in language. Yeah, I think there's one thing missing, and that is um, it's not that I choose not to right now, and I'm, I'm not communicating with you that I choose not to. I guess, yeah, I could say, honestly, my dear, I choose not to. I agree. But deep down, I'm taking zero accountability of my actions. Mm-hmm. And I really don't understand that I'm not taking accountability and I really don't care about anything. And I'm just saying, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Right. And if you go, you have to always go a little bit deeper. So, you know, it's it's always working with two people. But sometimes it's just you on you just sitting there being angry. Right. I mean, I can sit there and get all riled up myself. So that's why it's so important to become very clear on what is it that you're missing? What is missing? What needs to change in order for you to change out of an angry mode in order to get back into a happy mode? What do you want? Because so many times, you know, you can see this, especially um, in road rage, or you see it when you watch TV. Sometimes it's like, what I sit there and I think, what does this person want? What is the end game? What is the end game? So if you're sitting around just feeling angry and frustrated, what do you want? And then what can you do to shift this situation? Hmm. I know um, with us very early in the morning, if I have the news on, And, you know, as much as I kick and scream and fight it, right, the news does trigger my anger. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. And it is somewhat addicting in that, well, what am I going to do? Nothing. What am I going to 
keep the lights off. Why did I bother waking up? Right. So um, I could spin it. Believe me, you know, with the best of them. Um, but if I could fill that void with something else in the morning, it would reset me f- throughout the day, probably. It would absolutely reset you because what we forget is, is that media, which we are a part of, um, is set up in a way to entice us and get us excited, get that adrenaline going, right? So they're not, they're going to give you sensational headlines or even when you're watching an advertisement, it's never about that you're doing great in the advertisement. It's about there's something missing. You, don't have fluffy hair, you don't have white teeth, you don't have nice breath, whatever it is, and here we will help you fix that, right? So again, you're feeling a little bit of anxiety, like, you know, I just don't have everything together. I think I'm together, but I don't have everything together because I don't have the same teeth like this person, I don't have the same breath, or whatever it is, right? So there's always that little bit of anxiety. Then you watch in the news, and there's always a sensational headline. It's always about grabbing your attention and you're just getting this snippet and you're not hearing the whole thing yep. and you're not reading everything that happened. Like even when we watched this morning, we watched um, we were listening to a little bit of the debates and one of the people that was on the debate stage, they only played the first part of what she said and not the second part. And without that second part, the first part is completely out of context and it was annoying. So it's you have to be so careful as to what you take in. And so it's not only what you take in visually, it's what you take in that you listen to. And it's also, we were going to talk about this too. It's also what you eat and drink. Yeah. How are you nourishing yourself? Are you eating foods that are calming or are you eating foods that are, are putting gas on that fire? That's what they mean when they say it gives you gas. (laughs) No, I don't think that's what they mean. (laughs) Um, no, I, I, I agree. It is unbelievable. Well, what I want, so that I wanted to say something else on there too. So you're, you're watching this, you're getting riled up. I can get sucked into it as easily as anybody. You get riled up. And so you feel like you're doing something. And the reality is you're doing nothing except sitting in your underpants in your living room, just raging and right. getting angry and then going out. And having a bad attitude towards the day. But it's not only that, it's sitting there as if I know better. Right. Right. That's even more unbelievable. Right. Taking snippets of information and then pretending like you're well informed and that you know better. Right. You know, and you're right. The media doesn't help. You know, we'll be we'll be having a good moment and we'll get a little earth died film at 11. And (laughs) oh no. Do you know what's in your water? Yeah, I live there. (laughs) Do you know what's in your water? And then you watch for that whole hour and you get like two minutes where it doesn't even tell you what's really in your water. So what is in my water? Right. So that's that's the problem. So it's you have to be so careful about what you're letting in. But then you also have to be very vigilant as to understanding what you're feeling and people do not want to talk about feelings, but I am telling you, if you do not look at your feelings, you do not analyze your feelings. You do not go somewhere and have somebody help you analyze what stuff that's happened to you in your life. 
It will not go away. It will stay in your body and you will figure out some way to kill that feeling. And it's going to be in a way that isn't healthy or helpful. It's going to be from some type of addiction. And it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be drugs and alcohol, but there is a prevalence of alcoholism. You see people drinking all the time. It's wine o'clock somewhere. So we talk about that a lot. There's the prevalence of drug addiction, all the prescription drug addiction, but then there's also internet addiction and shopping addiction and gambling. Anything that you do to calm yourself down so that you don't think about your feelings and don't process your feelings that becomes compulsive is an addiction. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so even exercise can be an addiction. I mean, I've known people that have exercised themselves into the hospital. They were that addicted to that feeling of, of um, adrenaline and then working out. You know, it, it comes down to, like everything else, you have to care. You have to care about something. You have to care about yourself. You have to care about, um, I go back to being a contributor, but I'm not trying to say if you're not working, you have anger issues. Um, but you need to, when you said earlier, you know, analyze your own behavior. You have mm-hmm. to care enough to even want to do that. Well, you have to understand that that anger is toxic. And so it's not just toxic to the people around you. It's toxic to you. And I think a lot of times people think that being angry shows toughness. And that's not leadership. It's not toughness. It's just toxic non-processing of emotions, if that makes sense. It's just toxic. And that must be easy because that's easy to do, right? It's easy to be angry, make believe you're being a leader, mm-hmm. but just uh, blatant aggressiveness. Right. And what tends to nothing good, as you would say, tends to come of that blatant aggressiveness without any concern of how you're impacting others. What you've seen is and we've seen it is that a lot of times what will happen is there will be success up to a point. And then people implode. Something happens. You know, finally, the alcohol goes over the top. The drugs go over the top. All of a sudden, all the money that was there goes in the toilet. Um, yeah. There's always something that happens. Or the marriage implodes. Or the kids stop talking to you. There's always something that comes of that runaway anger that's not checked. That aggressiveness that worked for a while, it doesn't continue to work forever. You have to change and you can't change if you're just sitting in an angry place because it's killing your creativity. It's killing your creativity. Right. So even if you're bad, bad Leroy Brown, mm-hmm. eventually somebody's going to be better. Well, we know what happened there, if you know the song. So we're going to go ahead and take our next break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your agile environment, reach out right now. My Agile Coaching and Certification Training Programs empower you with Agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. 
Now that's making a difference. I say become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to Charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, we are talking about how to tame your dragon or our dragon. Um, this is segment three. And early on, we were talking about things we need to do to self-assess. Um, but I even want to think about the different levels, you know, like um, some of us have bad behavior and some of us, in some of us, it's premeditated. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take what I can take. I'm going to take no prisoners. And then I'm going to come home. I'll feed that fester with media and maybe some alcohol. Um, I'll sleep poorly and get up and go back out there and take no prisoners as if we have that right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's taken me, and I say this humbly, right? It has taken me a long time to understand what's right and what I, what my rights are. Well, I would say most of the time, the way we deal with our issues, and we want to think that we're all independent thinkers, but the way we deal with our issues is typically learned. It's a learned behavior. And the people that we learn from are the ones that took care of us. So if it's your parents or, you know, I've had friends that have been taken care of by grandparents or aunts and uncles, right? So whoever is, whoever it was that was taking care of you, if they didn't have a good way of handling their emotions, they then pass that on to you. And there's the saying about, well, you know, I turned out fine. And, you know, this is what happened to me and I turned out fine. And I like what somebody said recently is that if you go around saying, well, you know, I handled abuse and I turned out fine. You didn't turn out fine. You're yeah. not okay. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly right. If you want someone else to go through what you did because you think you turned out fine, you didn't turn out fine because you want somebody else to suffer just like you did. Um, and so it really is the way that we learn to handle dealing with emotion that then clouds the way we deal with emotion when we get older it's really a challenge um especially as we get older because you tend to tolerate less but um if alcohol is feeding my anger i need to be an adult and stop that Mm -hmm. right if watching toxic media is feeding my anger i need to be an adult and stop that Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting around doing nothing but knowing everything, which is getting me nowhere, I need to be that adult. So it's not that easy sometimes to be the adult. Well, and so I just wanted to read something here that's from Martha Beck, and I love it because she talks about don't moralize, express your feelings. And and what that means, it's preaching disguised as truth. So you're preaching at someone instead of just saying what it is that you feel. So here's some examples of what she's saying. Your way is wrong and my way is right. When the truth is 
what you're doing is hurting me and I want you to stop. Right. So what you're doing is you're preaching at somebody saying, no, that I know the right way for you to do it. But the reality is, is that what you're doing is bothering me and it's hurting me. So I want you to stop it. But you're not saying that you're preaching at someone. And then the person that you're preaching with is hearing that and getting doubly angry. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of really expressing what it is that's bugging you in very, very specific terms. And we all as a society, I think, have a very, very hard time expressing truth. Expressing truth. Because I know I myself have ha- have a hard time with that because it just wasn't in the vocabulary. Everybody tries to sugarcoat. Everyone tries to be nice. And it's not about being a jerk. So when you go to express, you express it from what you're feeling. Right. So I'm feeling you saying this. This hurts me. This makes me angry instead of saying you need to stop because you don't know how to how to express yourself. You don't know how to talk. That's that's moralizing and preaching instead of saying the way you talk to me hurts me deeply. And I think that that's way harder to say. No, I I I agree. And we're not taught how to say that. That's a great example. Um, But you said something that I just want to go back to. Mm -hmm. And how do you, who confirms what's true anymore? Well, you have to really go. When when we're just talking about fighting one-on-one or arguing one-on-one, you have to go by what it's doing to you. Always coming from a place of, this is hurting me. I mean, I get that. And recently I was in that type of discussion with someone mm-hmm. and the person <clears throat> shared some things that would, I mean, I don't know what to say. They just were not true. And it wasn't opinions. It was actual, you know, it would be like saying this is a fact on Tuesday, July 5th. It didn't really rain. Right. Um, so and then the person says, well, maybe your memory is clogged. So I don't know what to do with that. That's almost a walk away. That is a walk away. It is a walk away because so all of us, you know, how do I want to say this? Memory is fluid. Memory is fluid. So your memory is one way. Someone else's memory is another way. And you put them together and you think, were we even in the same room when this happened? Were we even together when this happened? Or sometimes, you know, you were there and the other person wasn't, but this is what they thought happened. Memory is always clouded by our emotion. So typically it's how you felt in that time. That's the piece that typically tends to be true. I was scared or I was sad or I was angry or whatever it was. It's clouded by that emotion. But man, when it comes to the actual facts, uh, you know, unless you've got the video and it's not off. doctored, you know, the all bets are off. I think also it goes back to something you said earlier. We never really had any training <laughs> and we don't have the skills on how to tame our dragon or even how to use our voice to communicate. Well, there's a couple of different things that happen. So there's some people that grow up in an angry household and become very, very, very angry themselves. 
<clears throat> There's also some people that grow up in a household where they might have been spoiled because the person didn't know how to show them love or sit with their own emotions. So they spoiled them, you know, and they just kept allowing them to just run, you know, wreak havoc in the house. So then you've got that kind of runaway entitled anger, right? Yeah. Um, then there's also the person that grows up in an angry household that cannot stand. And this was kind of me cannot stand any level of confrontation. It's too uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable in the house. So it's so uncomfortable. I'm never going to fight with anybody. And that's not okay either because you know, anger is just a normal emotion that people feel. The problem becomes when you don't somehow let that anger out and let your needs be known. That's when it becomes an issue. It's uh, yeah, it's almost it's almost as if at the dinner table there should be that little window to go around the room. Right? I guess that's what that is, right? That's uh an opportunity to speak um, let's say as a family, if I, if I'm talking about when I was growing up in the house mm-hmm. and, you know, that's where that skill and nurturing could really, could really help. Well, and that's why we did our last show about self-development work and how important it is, because then that work that you do on yourself then trickles down into the people in your home and the people you interact with. So let's say you're single, you don't have anybody at home. But you do have friends and you do have coworkers and you do have family members outside of your own home. And so all of those people that you interact with, how you interact with them makes a huge difference. So we even see it in our own lives with the little kids in our life. Right. Um, they get angry. They're just kind of pulled aside and allowed to let that anger fizzle out while an adult stays calm and just says, OK, I know you're angry let it out, but we're not going to let that anger impact everybody else in the house so that they do everything to your bidding, right? We're going to just remove you, let you hit process that anger, and then we'll come back and we'll do it. But we're not going to give you what you want when you're in this state. It's really hard. And that's a tough one. Yeah, Uh, and it's also really hard to... um Think like that. And I, I want to just go back to what I mentioned about growing up. So, but here's the, the fork in the road, which we have to take it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm an adult and I didn't get what I needed growing up. Mm-hmm. I could either let that be the fuel for my anger and drinking, right? Or I could look to fill the void now mm-hmm. somehow, right? And that's very difficult for for me as an adult to humbly take the forward path and not dwell on the uh, past path. Well, there's something to be said for looking at the past, right? Because you want to be able to process that. What am I so angry about the past? Like sometimes it's, you know, very obvious you were abused, you were neglected, whatever it was. I mean, it's painful. But that's where finding a good therapist makes all the difference. Let them lead you through that so you can process all of that so that the past doesn't become your future. Um, 
Because if you don't go back to the past and figure it out, the past will become your future. And you will then turn around and do that if you have the opportunity to someone else. And that's why you look at the past. But you look at it with someone that is skilled at helping you process that, especially if you've had a lot of trauma. Now, if you haven't had a lot of trauma, um, just doing a lot of journaling and asking yourself, what happened? What am I feeling? And I like to do that in very, very small segments, just five-minute mm. fast rights. And why do we do five-minute fast rights? It's in order to go around your inner critic. So if you just have five minutes and you're just keeping your pen to the paper and you're asking yourself, why am I so angry and just letting stream of consciousness go, it will override that inner critic. And then you stop at five minutes. You stop and take a look at what you wrote and then do it again the next day because it shifts and it changes until you get to the point where you're kind of saying, oh, there's I a lot missed of work that there. before. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of work, work but you don't, ha- it doesn't have to be in these huge chunks. It can be in these smaller chunks. Um, you don't have to have an hour. Take five minutes. Even if you're at work and you're really, really angry at work or you're at home and you're really, really angry, take five minutes, sit down and say, what am I so angry about? So we're going to go ahead and take our last break. I know we have break. to take a break. Before yeah. I want yes. to mention when we come back, yeah. I had um, a question on your example that I'd like to ask when we come back for the fourth segment. Yeah, and when we come back, we're also going to talk about how to deal with angry people. Okay. okay. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are talking about how to deal with anger, not just our own anger, but if anger is directed at us. So you had a question from well, the last Well, yeah, segment. no, it was a great example. You said something like, you know, rather than say, do it this way, not that way, stupid, and you say... Um, what you're doing is hurting me and I mm-hmm. would like you to stop. Right. That takes a little bit of, uh, preparation as well because the other person is baloney. How am I hurting you? Yes. Yes. Well, not always because you and I have actually had fights like this. And that's when I started saying to you later, like by you saying what you say to me, you are insulting me and you would turn around and you would say well how how is it insulting you blah 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 right well then then we go deeper into the truth this is how this is insulting me so (laughs) so you have to be prepared to use your voice 
Right. And that takes some practice. And what I have coached some people on is that, and actually I just coached somebody on, on this recently. She was having some issues with people at work. And I said, write out what you would have said to them because she didn't have a lot of practice in, in voicing her own opinion. She was always talked over, especially as a child, write out what you would say. And the more she wrote that out and the more she actually did that, the more she started speaking up. And I also find um, you don't have to go. If you get very clear on what's bugging you, you don't have to say a whole lot. You just say, you need to stop it because this is hurting me. And if that person says, well, why is it hurting you? Well, once you're clear on it, this is why this is hurting me. And on, from the other side, most likely that person doesn't really want to hurt you. Right. And when you bring it to their attention that way, they feel terrible. If it's premeditated, that's different. And even if it's premeditated, they know you got the memo. You got the message and you're telling them it's hurting me. Stop. Right. And that's a way to diffuse it because otherwise we get into this loop of insult, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It gets nowhere. Everybody walks away wounded. It's like, you know, when you're shooting, but you don't, neither one gets hit in the yeah. heart, but you yeah. get hit in the leg and the arm and the head, you know, and, um, and so if you can stop it and just get clear, because most of the time, especially when it comes to stuff at work and it comes to stuff at home, like you've been down this road before. So you can take the time and start looking at what it is that's bothering you because you know, it's going to come up again. Right. Yeah. Because it will come up over something dumb, but it will still be that same core issue. So what is that same core issue that's bothering you? You know, the other thing is, is that and you had kind of touched on it because I wanted to touch on a couple more things before we end today. So. People don't realize how much what they eat and drink so affects their moods. And we've talked about that before, but I'm going to reiterate it here again. If you're not nourishing yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not eating properly, if you're pummeling yourself with sugar and alcohol and cigarettes and everything else under the sun, you're not eating anything that nourishes you, you're not going to feel good. If you're not getting good quality sleep, you're not going to feel good. And that will so easily either trigger a depression or it will then turn around and become a rage if you're just not taking care of yourself. So, First and foremost, that's so important to take care of yourself. Second, it's about getting very clear on what you do and what you stand for. What will I stand for? What won't I stand for? Getting clear on that and just doing that in just five minute fast rights doesn't have to be hours and hours of fast riding. Just five minutes. What do I want? Yeah. What do I want? No, what do I good. want from this person? I keep fighting with this person. What do I want from this person? And then understanding whether or not that person can give that to you or if that's something in you that you need to fix. So I have to be the adult and say at 10 o'clock, I'm either going to read, go to sleep early, but I'm not going to watch this that fuels my anger, which gives me probably a, a non-restful sleep. Right, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the news. I mean, a lot of shows are pretty toxic right now. Movies are pretty toxic. And, um, you know, that's not going to leave you with a feel-good. So the deck is stacked. 
It's a little bit stacked, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff out there that kind of fuels all that anger, and and it feels like it feels like you're taking action when the reality is is you're not taking action. Mm-hmm. So then the other thing to ask yourself is what action can I take to make me feel better? That's productive, right? Not that's I'm going to go slash their tires, you know, and and do yeah. something mean on their lawn, right? I mean, you want to do something that's productive. So in these last few minutes, I wanted to talk about how to actually deal with angry people. Like if you've got somebody that's got an anger issue coming at you, what to do? And this kind of comes down to bullying because we've seen examples of bullying. We've seen it in the workplace. And one of the things that I want to say about bullying is that dealing with a bully on your own is almost impossible. It's really hard to deal with a bully, especially if the bully has a lot of power. So it has to be a group effort, like be it a whole family, be it a team at work. You have to get buy-in from other people to stand up and the bully will crumble. Um, The bully will crumble. On that, does it have to be um, like an intervention type confrontation? It's not an intervention. Just normal day-to-day Yeah, it's not an intervention. And the bully sees you have connections, contacts. Yeah, the bully just... So let's say you've got a room full of people, right? You got this one bully going off. I mean, I've been in situations like this. I think we all have. You know, the bully's going off. The bully's in a, in a leadership role, and they're just crazy. If you had the team just all kind of stand up and just say, and everybody's calm, nobody's yelling back, everybody's just kind of saying, okay, but wait, why? And you can go into the five whys. So if the bully's saying, what, you know, what's happening here? And you say, why? I need this. Okay, I, I hear you, but why? I want to get better understanding. Why? And they're still going off. Why? I actually had that one time. I, I diffused a situation where someone was coming at me with both boots. I had been caught off guard, and he was just screaming into the phone in a conference call. I had just been pulled into it off guard. And all I said was, I hear what you're saying. I don't have that information right now. I'll get back to you. And there was nothing else to be said there. I mean, without just looking (laughs) totally crazy, Mm -hmm. right? And so he said, oh, okay, you know, and then that was that. That's almost another example. Right. That's an example. So that's the example of not responding to anger with anger. First of all, responding to anger with anger puts you in a very unsafe situation, Especially like you see it all the time on the road. You see it on the news, people getting angry at each other, road rage incidents. Somebody cuts you off, let them go. It's not really going to be a big deal, right? It's hard. Do not engage. Do not engage. Never engage. Later on, if it's somebody that you know well, you come back when everybody's calm and then you address it. You don't address it in the moment. This is under the heading of Mm -hmm. um, be in it but not of it. Right. So right. You're on the, especially on the road. Let it go. Right. Be right. in it, but not of it. Right. And I think the five whys actually look work really well. Now, it, this is a little bit tricky because you just don't want to be sitting there going at somebody that's angry going, why, why, why? But sometimes you get because I said so. Right. But I need more clarity. Right. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. Right. I need more clarity. I need to know why because I need more clarity because I'm not sure exactly what you want. Right. That would make me angry. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you're just crazy, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what happens. And then you have to walk away. You have to walk away. After a while, you do have to walk away. And, but typically, if you're in a work situation, I mean, I've been in situations where I've had people literally in front of me throwing stuff. Well, the point is when you're giving those examples, you're not, your whys are not button pushes. They're no. Actual questions of legitimate concern. And you look sane. Right. And not only that, you look like a teammate trying to help me. Right. And it makes me want to be a little more engaging. In fact, it makes me say, wow, she's really loyal. Right. And, and it has to come from a real place. So you do always have to look at people, angry or not angry, as people. Right. You know, we have to look at each other as people with maybe a person that's got big issues, but still a person, mm. you know, underneath there is still a little kid that had issues, you know, I mean, underneath me is still a little kid that, you know, had issues. We all have that. So if we just look at everyone as human and a part of ourselves and, and as someone that deserves respect, even if we don't see it in this moment, that deserves kindness, that deserves respect, that deserves a voice, we can handle this a little bit better. Well, I have to say, uh, my mentor, that um, you made me feel better. And uh, you had a lot of examples that I can invoke. And uh, I am grateful. I used personal experience here and you, uh, you were good. Thank you. So, and thank you, Charles. And thank you for listening. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And we hope you have a great week. Bye, guys. 